Before we came on today, Joyce and I were talking about our holiday rituals and how they've changed around meals and gatherings and where people get together and then what they do when they get together. And we said, hey, let's stop. Let's start recording this because we looked at how we have shifted our rituals around the holidays to reflect those that we've lost, those that we've added on. Uh, and we thought, boy, this is an important conversation, not only in families and organizations. So this is where Joyce and I bridge the need for organizations and families to be always rethinking and retooling their rituals to meet what matters most given the current reality. So come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Good morning, it's morning. <laughs> Yes, it certainly is. For us, <laughs> far away from me, but um, we are in the same time zone. And it is two days, is it, after Christmas? It is. Here Holy in the United Holy. States. And um, Hanukkah was on the 18th. They're at Kwanzaa. I don't know when it starts. I think we're in Kwanzaa now. Whatever... Um, holy days you celebrate, there is a ton of ritual involved. Mm. And I had, as the sort of mother woman of the household of seven, created um, a pattern for our Christmas Eve and our Christmas Day that involved certain decorations that had to be up food definitely because i'd been in the peace corps so when i came home i created a latin christmas eve which at that time was shocking to have guacamole and i did a, ch a green chicken chili and i did uh, tortilla roll-ups with uh, pepper and cheese in them that you cut in spirals it was a set menu Every year, year after year after year, uh, I had my parents occasionally, a friend occasionally, and the seven of us, and we would take a drink from little tiny um, liqueur glasses like we were being naughty. And it was so set in place that as my family dispersed, my three West Coast kids could call on Christmas Eve day and say, I bet you you're fretting about the darn chicken chili and is it too hot and is it too peppery and oh are you going to have hot pepper jelly on the cream cheese with triscuits you got to have that and I'm thinking did I buy that I hope I did shall I lie <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it showed the strength of a ritual or a structure like that and this year they all went bluey for various reasons I won't go into, but I had different people for Christmas Eve. I did do all the food, thank goodness. And yep. Christmas morning moved from my house. And, you know, I'm, uh, <laughs> I hate to say widow. It brings makes me think I'm a Dickens character, <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I live alone now. So I went over to my daughter's house for the first time. She took Christmas stockings out of the house to her house. And I'm telling you, I went, whoa. <laughs> and um, interesting enough, brought them back. But And then Christmas Day was supposed to be one thing, and it wasn't. 
we had changed from a very satisfying and tight structure to something new that hadn't yet settled. It, yeah. it, it didn't have a rhythm. Uh, and, and of course, we had zero degree temperatures and all kinds of you know electricity was out. There were reasons for the chaos. As So I was thinking, Bob, I'm going to get to us, <laughs> that, <laughs> that organizations, too, both through trauma and being worn out, the form not fitting anymore, are going through that kind of transition of old forms no longer fit, no longer bring energy, no longer lift the spirits, no longer are possible for various reasons. And we are right in the middle of giving up one form and not having others in place yet. We are in a wild moment of what I will both crumble, if you want to say that, <laughs> um, but evaporation of yep. old forms that don't fit and creating the new. And every OD practitioner, every OD executive in particular, because I think you have more levers to use if you're an OD executive. That's your job. Yeah. yeah. Is, is letting go of the old soon enough before it gets putrid. And I, oh, that's such a word, but I'm telling you. That's my, a good word. My, my forms, my Christmas holiday rituals, had gone a little sour with uh, some changes that have occurred. And it took two years to go away. We need to do something different anyway. So question, and this is by way of uh, review. Um, if you think about the rituals that you just described, uh, why did they exist and why are they important? I mean, what, what, what do rituals, the, the cadence of a holiday, uh, well, you know. and they, they're different. So I knew when I moved to Maine from Indiana, by the way, um, no, Illinois, I knew what my parents' ritual was, and I knew what my former mother-in-law's rituals were. I knew my mom and dad were having shrimp, you know, or and I knew on Christmas Day they were going to have oyster stew, or that might have been my mother-in-law. See, um, But in... My first Christmas here in Maine, in this house, which then grew such a strong ritual, was the bringing together of two families. Yeah. Think about this, people. <laughs> you think <laughs> I wasn't good at acquisition? I was great. So there we had five kids, three from one original family, two from another. Not happy. You know, just following parents. They weren't unhappy. But um, little by little, we built in this rhythm and this structure, and there was a moment, frankly. So we had some pretty awkward uh, Christmas days of who gives what kinds of presents, what families do this, who got left out, because some people sent to all five kids, some sent just to the original family. It was like, whoa. Um, I actually wrapped extra presents, so this is like a booster shot for you, OD, <laughs> so that I could make up for people who had been neglected, kids that had been neglected, the people that didn't get we were now a family, and we needed to be treated like five kids. Yeah. And my parents got it right away. They said, you know, we won't be giving as much 
to your two children because we're going to give evenly to all five. And that principle held by all relatives made a huge difference in how we viewed ourselves. But there was a moment when uh, one year, and I think that somebody was in eighth grade, I don't know, that we played, I said, everybody has to bring a piece of music or a poem or something to keep us out of feeling bad for where we are not. Yeah. <laughs> and Devin brought What a Beautiful World by Jerry Garcia mm. and put it on. And spontaneously, my parents who were to at the tottering stage, all of us got up and danced. All of us got up and danced and hugged and held hands in a circle. It was spontaneous combustion of a new form happening. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to try to thread <laughs> Good. To, to an organizational context. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and so as I was listening to you, I, I, I was thinking of some of the rituals growing up that I had around holidays and what I had as my kids were growing up. And the metaphor that got into my thinking is that we're all on this journey called life. Uh, and that these rituals that we've shared uh, are almost, I, I started by saying they're mile markers that kind of uh, anchor you. Uh, but to me, they're more like rest areas where you literally pull off uh, the frenetic pace of life and you celebrate or you contemplate or you uh, just enjoy each other's company. It's like going into a rest area and getting out of the craziness. So um, so where am I going with it? If I think about organizational life and you use the analogy of personal transformation, two families coming together. Well, I think about it. You said your mer mergers and acquisitions. I find it um, a real delicate dance for HROD, perhaps more OD, as two organizations come together. They each have their rituals. They each have the rites of passage. Um, how do you how do you delicately um, identify those that perhaps should be eliminated? those that should carry on for all, or what new uh, need to be created. Um, because what's interesting, when you talked about it in a family context, it, it happened because of either the loss of a loved one or a change in geography where uh, it was kind of thrust on you. But in an organizational context, yeah, the, ver the, the merger may have thrust it upon you, but how do you navigate um, looking at these important milestones and mile markers, rest areas, whatever you want to call them. Well, That's we've a question, Joyce. A long question. No, but it's in, in obviously um, a merger or an acquisition isn't a voluntary choice by 90% yeah. of the people in the organization. So they are exactly like kids that are said, now we're a different family. And I remember uh, when Hannaford was, quote, bought and refused to be bought, um, I thought, I don't want to lose that logo. That was the first thing that came oh, God, to yes. my mind, which is crazy. But um, and so you begin new anchoring rituals uh, that 
are going to feel awkward and uncomfortable at first. And I remember bringing two top teams together and it was uh, so awkward until I said, you know, both of you want to look your best. Yeah. Because you don't want to lose anything in this new combination. So let's just share some big mistakes that you've all made or that the company has made. And that air that hung in the air <laughs> for a while and then they started and they shared buying too many turkeys. They shared crazy openings where they had to celebrate with empty shelves and um it yeah. made, they became real. Yeah. So if you just said turkeys, um, that is, I think, a great example. So you have two organizations come together. One gives turkeys. Uh, the other gives two weeks of pay. Um, yeah. and, and that's a real example, right? And so uh, the question is, do you allow each organization to preserve that ritual? I mean, I remember that that Thanksgiving turkey I got from Hannaford uh, that was a ritual I loved yeah. uh, and didn't want to give up. And and so, uh, you know, the question becomes, do we do it for all <laughs> or do we drop one and adopt the other? And or create a third. Or create well, that, a third. Yeah. So you, that's what you, you asked. What are the mistakes? Uh, mistakes that I should say we collectively made, not me individually, was we allowed um those rituals that no longer served the collective meaning the new enterprise uh and we did it out of fairness we did it out of not wanting to make the tough decision and it created it created a source of friction okay so i could give up my turkey and get two weeks of pay uh the week before thanksgiving can i get back to you on that no, I mean, it was, you know, mm -hmm. but we, 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 we made the, the error, at least while I was there, of preserving both of those uh, and then ultimately changed the, uh, the two weeks. But uh, Which may have those been, are mistakes. Uh, or necessary bumps in the development of a new form. Yep. That's that you're you're exactly right. Uh, and that that the, the, the discomfort just is. The um, the reason I intuitively ask people to share big fat mistakes, and I did say I want you to get off your perch, <laughs> as <laughs> you're all great executives, you're all great leaders. I was looking to create commonality that didn't have hot spots in it, yeah, like the turkey so, and the money, and so, uh, and I didn't expect it to catch so much fire. But you know what brought people together? laughing at one another's foibles. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Laughing. I, I, I want to talk about laughing, but I'd, I'd like to pull a nugget out of what we just shared. Uh, part of it is, uh, part of it is Adam Grant's rethinking. So I said that the, the, the institutionalizing of rituals after a merger were, was a mistake. And I think what you said is spot on. So my thinking shifted because uh, using the example of the turkeys, if we had pulled the turkeys out, 
uh, of the offering at Thanksgiving for that part of the organization, it would have been a lightning rod uh, of everything that's wrong uh, with why we should have done this. So you're right. Those things that you allow, uh, not allow, uh, you encourage to carry on because that's a bump in the road and, and ultimately a new um, ritual emerge. And there also has to be, because there, first of all, you build organizations into being very, very proud. Then you bring two prideful <laughs> entities <laughs> together and uh, they'll fight for dominance unless you can judge or not judge know where to allow differences and where to it takes a, f a fine touch to bring people together yeah. i remember plastic bags were huge in this global company what size what shape what strength <laughs> and it had in other words it had to have the fight someplace yeah so know yeah. that too <laughs> anyhow yeah. um so all all of this to say and then uh, we did grow new forms incredibly yes. new forms large group meetings and um sharing and and bringing coming together awkward or not yeah you know one ignore the awkward <laughs> who cares yeah, one, one you know we use the expression galvanizing events where people come mm -hmm. together and they they leave change uh, mm -hmm. transformed in in some bigger small way yeah the, the one ritual that was purposefully um, done at Food Lion was doing this uh, every other year uh, meeting of of bringing store managers and uh, different layers of management up the senior leadership, bringing them under the same tent. Um, and I, and why is that an important ritual? We had said for years before that that we want to turn this organization upside down and really understand that the power of our brand, our store managers and their team delivering, you know, and then we'd say that and then we'd have the top 200 people get together to talk about strategy and where the company's going. And, and so I, that's a ritual that was created that, that true, trued up our, our commitment to, uh, the power of our store managers and it wasn't cheap and it took a lot of logistics, but those were powerful new rituals. And you can feel when you've hit on one that works <laughs> that you say, ah, there's a new unity that has happened through this conversation. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's, yeah. And I had several of those magic moments. Uh, the first time we brought the global leadership team together uh, for delays was one, but I also had some, and I want, maybe we can do another segment on this. I had some that didn't work. Well, could you do something? Let's do a teaser. We're close to time. No. Can no. we do a teaser? Come on. Could you give us a hint of one that didn't work? Drumroll, please. I no, I can't. But other than to say, I I didn't massage people to get ready for it enough. Ah, uh, understand what was going to happen, and I used to, out of fear, 
that it was going to go down the tubes, I would talk almost to one out of every three participants to be sure they understood the purpose and why and the design. And I didn't do that. And I had too jam-packed a design. And it... Um, Oh, my gosh. You know, when you're on the day three and you're going, this is just not good. And I didn't have the presence of mind and the courage in that moment to say, well, we've just spent two days that sucked. Yeah. Now we have three hours in front of us. What can we do? And it was okay. We went through the rote behaviors, but it didn't have, I think people had fun. They had good side conversations. They would have probably said I was a little off. Because several things went wrong, like a rainstorm <laughs> 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 outside with pizza making for Oh, Jesus. So we had slimy dough. But, um, yeah, I, I, have I okay. buried my soul enough? And, and it, yeah. it, what it was, it, it wasn't enough background preparation before you brought people together. And there yeah. needs to be that kind of massaging to have participants be comfortable when you're joining two different groups, organizations, people. So will you, will you agree to let's continue this conversation in our next episode? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> We're going to sign off here. Our, our intention is the, is the verbal uh, on this topic. And, and I think there's enough juice here to come back and talk about no, it we're, again. we're talking about organizational forms coming together, rituals yes. that them and anchor them, and uh, what to do to create new ones, and what to do when the old ones are no longer serving a purpose. Yeah, perfectly put. I think we teed up the conversation. I love how we blended or went back and forth between personal uh, in our case, family rituals and then organizational rituals. So, uh, and this is the right. So yeah, uh, here's to the next time, Joyce. Okay, I'll be ready to share failures. Okay, Joyce is going to share right. failures. Happy New Year's, everybody. So as I reflect back on this episode, I think about the journey that Joyce and I have been on the last year and a half in terms of us having a ritual that every Tuesday morning at 9.30, we meet, we laugh, and we record uh, a new podcast. And uh, it's been important in our lives given uh, what was happening uh, in the background. And so we have found soothing comfort and purpose in doing these podcasts. And we just want to thank you. Without you, our listeners, uh, this wouldn't be happening. So uh, for all of us, I hope you have a great new year. And we'll talk to you on the other side. So be well.